Hi, this is Trent Knox, podcast producer and videographer for Robert Gardner Wellness. I just wanted to thank you for listening to this episode. It means a lot to Robert and I that you would take the time out of your day to hear what Robert and his guests have to say. May I ask you of a quick favor? If you have gotten any value out of this podcast, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, and share the link on social media. Once again, thank you for your support and enjoy the rest of the episode. This is Robert Gardner of Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. I'm happy to introduce Chad Bolding, uh, massage therapist extraordinaire, a great friend and colleague that I've known for years. Uh, Chad, can you give people a little bit of information about you and where they can find you, like if you're on Instagram, whatever, social media channels? Um, Total Rejuvenation uh, Studies is my Facebook group. It's also my YouTube channel. And Chad Bolding, or Chad underscore Bolding underscore TRT is my Instagram. Nice. Those are the main places. Yeah. So, uh, Chad, I, I think the two main things we're likely going to discuss is in the beginning here, we're likely going to talk about a little bit of time massage, maybe 10, 15 minutes. And then we're going to dive into something I have interest in that's totally new to me, which is like carnivore eating which is a heavy, heavy meat-based uh, diet. And you and I can talk about this, and I have a little bit of experience that I'd like to explain to some of the audience. Um, you and I initially met because they taught a time massage class in Arkansas. That was where you and I first met and connected. We've maintained contact for, oh, it's been at least three years now, right? Oh, way, way more. Like, way more? Okay, time gets passed. You were my first... CEU that I ever took. Oh, and so, okay. Yeah. Uh, at least five or six, if not seven. Uh, okay, it's been that long. All right. Yeah. So you do a different style of work. Like you incorporate some, I guess, more like Thai style stuff. At that time, you were doing a lot of, I mean, you would just scour YouTube videos to find things of interest to be able to add to your work. You made me look at my work differently. There were like a couple of moves here and there that I kind of incorporated from the stuff I saw you doing. You just had a kind of a beginner's mind about how to approach things and how to deal uh, with pain and dysfunction in people's bodies. Um, like what's going on with your practice these days? Uh, actually, I'm gearing up to try to start teaching a self-care class so that hopefully the goals that I have for the body when I'm working on people, that they can get maybe 80, 85% of those goals accomplished by combining muscle tension with breath compressions and uh, deep breathing and basically giving their body what it needs to get stronger and release tension very quickly. Yeah. And nice. other than that, massage wise, um, just always looking to see how I can do it more effortlessly with the same yeah. goals in mind. Nice. Nice. Um, these days are most of the clients you're working on. Are you mainly working on like chronic pain stuff? Honestly, I do my best to, work on other massage therapists. Uh, that's who I market towards. Um, as far as the regular folk, uh, a lot of them, you know, in our modern society, it's hard to find people that don't actually have some sort of chronic pain. 
So probably 75% of the people that I work on that aren't therapists, they've got low back problems, they've got shoulder problems, they've got neck problems. And then every once in a while, somebody's like, oh, I'm perfect. I'm just here to relax. But that's very rare. Yeah, that's what that's what I see as well. Most of my clients are chronic pain. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the, the sessions I'm doing are, you know, three hours, mat-based. Um, I'm in the middle of teaching an intro Thai class in my home studio, and the students are uh, picking it up much faster than they did when I first started teaching. And I think there's a combined effort between, like, ongoing video production, uh, the subscription service we run, where people are learning stuff more rapidly. They, they kind of integrate the information more, more quickly. Whereas when I first started, it was like working with toddlers in the sense that they didn't know how to crawl around and move on a mat and use their legs and feet. They at least know that that is possible now. So they seem to be picking up the information more rapidly than they did when I first started teaching. It's been interesting to see um, a little bit of a sea change when it came to mat-based work. And that's my real bread and butter. It's absolutely what I love. And I talk to the students in class. I still think that mat-based work in the United States marketplace for massage, it likely represents less than 1% of the overall market. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, uh, it's definitely more prevalent than when I got my license in 2012. Yeah. But it's still very rare. Like, uh, I know of one place here in Conway that does mat-based work, and I know of at least seven or eight spas that offer massage. And that's not counting uh, independent therapists. There's, there's even more when you look at that. But as far as scouring the area, there's only one that comes to mind that does mat-based work, and it's one therapist at one spa. Yep. And I've been teaching in Austin for 10 years, and it's not much different than that, even after all the years teaching. Um, I've got apprentices who are still working with me, and they're picking up more mat work rapidly that way. But a lot of them are still trying to figure out how to transition people from the table down to the mat because they don't have just a bodywork problem, they have a business problem. They have like a two-pronged issue about, well, how do I transition my practice? How do I get the clients on the mat? You know, yeah, I really like this, and the clients seem to like it when I get them on the mat, but sometimes they have clients who are almost fighting with them, where, no, I want a massage. What is this? Like, I don't understand what this mat is for. So there's a lot of, what I think of is, what I would call it is cultural hegemony. Meaning, it's basically, we've always done it this way. Mm -hmm. And because we've always done it that way, it's like, well, this is how we do things now. And it's like, well, hold on. We can, we can change things a little bit. We can, we can adapt. We can evolve. If I just take students on a table and say, okay, the table's at the right height. Why don't we use our knee in the gluteals? And they're like, wow, I've never seen anybody use their knee before. Wow. That, to me, seems so rudimentary. I don't even know how to express like, where I'm at in my practice when I show that to therapists and they're doing that for the first time. Most of the therapists that I'm training even today in 2019, 
two or three of them at least in every class, if it's mat-based, you know, they'll get a little confused when they start using their legs because they're not used to feeling with their legs and feet that way to, to apply pressure. And I can see the sort of confusion on their face and I'll say, hey, hold on. Have you ever used your legs and feet to apply pressure before? And they say, no. And I say, how long have you worked as a massage therapist? And they're like, eight years. It's akin to teaching somebody who does um, taekwondo or kickboxing. It's akin to teaching somebody like that Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's a mat-based art that's not a striking art. Like it's not, it's not the same, even though it qualifies within that larger umbrella of what people would think of as martial arts. Well, I mean, right there, I think that's the issue is massage isn't looked at by a lot of the practitioners as an art form. And when you look at an art, you don't put things in a box. You don't look at painting and say, well, you have to use a brush. It's painting. You got people that's using spray paint cans. Uh, they take blades and scrape across the canvas. And it's because it's an art, you know, music. You got people playing uh, weird instruments that they've made in their garage because they understand if it's an art, there, there is no box. There is just accomplish whatever the goal is. If you're trying to paint a picture, it's all the different crazy ways that you can do it. Like people are painting pictures upside down and then turning it over at the end and it being its own style. And with massage, you don't find that. You don't, people aren't looking at it as the art that it is. And so yeah. it's like has to be on the table. These are the strokes that you use on the thigh. These are the strokes that you use on the back. And they're trying to make it very mechanical, which totally takes away from what it has to offer the public as far as relaxation, pain relief. The reason it can offer things that they're not finding in other places is because it is an art that you can come at from several different angles, including uh, mat base, the stuff you've been working with, the suspension system. I mean, if massage was looked at as an art, people wouldn't look at that and go, what? Oh my goodness, that's not how you do that. What? What is going on here? And instead, they'd be like, oh, okay, new way of doing it. I like it. Well, I'd like to have it in my tool belt. Well, I, and yeah, I, I, it's interesting that you reference it that way. I'll have to think about that more like as an art. Like, do therapists not look at it as an art form that evolves? Um, my, my suspicion is, is that the massage community in the United States is pretty young. So sometime in the eighties would be my guess 40 years ago is when massage regulations started popping up in some States. And with massage regulation came massage schools yeah. and with massage schools and licensure came standardization of curriculum and standardization of curriculum meant table cream, glide and nudity. And that's the thing that's been put out and then used in spas. If you start to break outside of that, it, you get into sort of contentious arenas, both with therapists and also with marketing to the public. I think that primarily what I see is I'm trying to, to bridge the gap between the two, the, the art and the marketing, and saying, yeah, well, why not do it this way? And if the students ask me, well, why do you do it this way? I'm like, okay, I get the optimum range of motion and mobility from mat work. I get the optimum compression and capacity to use my legs and feet and more tools in mat work. 
I get to use optimum compression, the ability to use even more my legs and feet, mobility, props, yoga therapy, breathing uh, with suspension and, and like developing that's almost like yoga therapy fused into the practice. What I get when I say that is like he's arrogant and I'm like, no, you'll get it later. Don't worry about it. Like I can't <laughs> I can't make you get it. Like I can't mass produce what I'm doing. I can only sell video and essentially keep teaching people to try to bring them along because to me, it's a little bit like what happened when I was a kid where we had a scrambler box and the ultimate fighting championship started. I was probably 13 at the time. I was in my, I was young, however old I was. And Hoist Gracie wandered into the ring with these guys who were big and strapping and abs and it was like, wow, the karate guy is going to fight the Muay Thai guy. And the Muay Thai guy is going to fight the sumo. And Hoist Gracie walks in, and he looks like you, Chad. <laughs> and Hoist Gracie destroyed everyone. And it was like, what is this? What is he doing? And it wasn't striking people. It was Brazilian jiu-jitsu. But Brazilian jiu-jitsu was relatively unknown. It was a small like, kind of regional art, I think, at that time, that because of mixed martial arts, people could see it. People could see its effectiveness, and all the other martial artists had to start training in it to defend against it, even if they didn't wholly adopt, adopt it. The thing is, mat-based work, the way I'm teaching, represents a sea change in the industry, but the industry itself doesn't want to change. Once they hook into a revenue stream and a certain way of doing things, they don't want to alter that. I'm trying to find independent therapists to build a mat-based practice, and they're like, this is impossible. And I'm like, no, you just have to work at it. And it really depends on what you want to do. The idea of being forced to work on a massage table, I would just quit. <laughs> I would just go go do something else. I'm like, this is not for me. <laughs> yeah. More options and more tools. Consistently, I'll tell students that, I, they, they feel like I'm anti-table or anti-effleurage, meaning long flowing strokes. And the thing is, it's like, no, 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 no. I'm not anti-table and I'm not anti-effleurage, but if the only tool you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. The thing is, you need to add more tools. And when you start using your legs and feet and knees, I'm adding at least 50% more tools. Like, I don't dig a ditch with a damned hand trowel. I go out and get a backhoe. <laughs> yeah we got we got more tools now we'll take a quick break yeah and i just want to interlude here real quick to let the podcast listeners know that we currently have a holiday sale going on for all digital products 20 percent off go to bit.ly slash rgw slash holiday sale i believe if not we'll have it in the show notes for you to go over for a limited time, Robert Gardner Wellness is offering a free 30-day trial of his industry-leading subscription service, Reboot Insiders Club. That's right. Your first month is free of charge, and after that, it's only $7 per month to continue your subscription. Don't worry. You can cancel at any time, and if you cancel before the 30 days, you will not be charged. Inside, you'll learn massage and body techniques and how to thrive in business for only $7 per month. You get access to over 350 plus hours of online classes, including table and mat work and business and marketing. Membership to our Facebook group exclusively for subscribers. And additionally, you'll receive occasional bonuses. And in the past, we've given additional NCBTMB approved home study courses with CE credit. So don't wait. 
get your free trial today, head on over to R-G-W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S dot S-T-O-R-E. That's rgwellness.store. Can't wait for you to join our subscription service. So in the end, everything I was always teaching was just give the therapist more tools. I still teach table-based work. I don't get rid of the table. I don't get rid of nudity or cream. I just have a broader spectrum and a broader palette of like, here's a little paintbrush. And I'm like, okay, well, if I'm going to get you to paint a wall, you just get a roller. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense to sit and do this though. This is perfect. If you're doing little detail work and that's what the difference is. It's like, if I'm going to bust up my driveway, I don't use the pickaxe. I just go get a jackhammer and then we cart that off. And then I do cleanup work with the pickaxe if it's needed. So, um, I got into massage because of chronic pain. And this is going to kind of lead into that thing. I was talking about my carnivore diet with you. I'm absolutely dying to have uh, this conversation with you. I ran into carnivore diet because of a friend of mine, uh, Josh Terry. Josh had been having some issues like his mental health and physical health wasn't feeling real great. And he came in one night and said, you know, carnivore diet like i'm eating very very little you know vegetables or whatever just a lot of meat and i was like whoa i was like i've never i've never heard is that even healthy like i i've eaten lots of different ways i was nearly a vegan in college a vegetarian for several years i'm a cook so i have a really broad spectrum of food i can make but i was like i've never limited myself to almost like animal protein like as a food source So I kept in touch with him, kept working with him, getting feedback as his diet kind of changed, some of his health issues. And then slowly I started to experiment with it and immediately got, that's gross. (laughs) Immediately got, yeah. Okay. So guys, I'm with uh, Chad Bolding, a massage therapist in Arkansas. We're starting to have a conversation about carnivore diet. And Chad, can you tell them where they can contact you again? Uh, Total Rejuvenation Studies on Facebook and YouTube and on Instagram, Chad underscore Bolding underscore TRT for Total Rejuvenation Therapy. Cool. So, Chad, can you tell me a little bit about how you fell into carnivore? Because you were the second person that I started seeing posts from, and it would just kind of happened uh, at the same time. Like, how did you get involved in this? Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Um, I'm not really sure where I first heard about it, but I do remember when I heard about it, I thought it was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard of. Um, I thought you need your vegetables. Everybody knows that they've, they've known that forever. Um, Meat clogs your arteries. It gives people heart disease. Um, just all the way down the list of all the things you hear. And then I started hearing about people that had been eating nothing but steak, salt, and water for 23 years. And uh, <laughs> the first people I heard about was Joe and Charlene Anderson. And they're, they're semi- in the spotlight when it comes to this thing, but they don't do 
as far as I know, they don't do podcasts and they're, they're not really trying to uh, push the diet or uh, give it a ton of exposure. They just kind of do what they do and anybody that wants to check out their Instagram can see it or uh, they've done a couple of interviews as far as articles go. But looking at them, I was I was blown away. Uh, Charlene at the time was 46 and her husband, I think it was at least 10 years older, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong about that, but I think he was at least 10 years older than her. Both of them looked like they were early 30s. I mean, I was just blown away by how young they looked, but I realized that could have been an isolated deal. So I started looking into it more, and every time I found somebody that had been on this thing for at least a year, uh, even before and after photos, like, um, I think her name's Healthy with Nicole on Instagram. She had a picture when she was 29, and I think a picture when she was 41, and she looked younger, thinner, more athletic, the whole nine yards in the after photo of being on the diet for a year as opposed to being a 29-year-old vegan who was running every single day. And um, I just kept seeing these examples over and over and over. And eventually, I found the interview with Sean Baker on Joe Rogan where he spends about two hours talking about it, uh, an orthopedic surgeon. And... Even still, I was skeptical. I was skeptical. I was like, there's no way that this can be healthy. This goes against everything I've ever been taught. And just the more I looked into it and the more before and after photos I saw, I found people sharing their blood work, uh, people sharing heart scans that showed a decent amount of blockage. And then six months of eating nothing but meat down to zero blockage. And finally, I was like, I got to give it a try, see what happens. And within a month, uh, I had lost 20 pounds. And I was not, uh, I was a little bit chubby. I wasn't really uh, even on the heavy side of chubby. I was just lightly kind of chubby. And I went from 190 down to about 170 uh, in that first month. Not even trying, just eating as much meat, as much beef as I could handle. And then whenever you get hungry again, you eat again. You just wind up not getting hungry for long periods of time because meat is uh, so satisfying. So uh, it satates you very well. And before it was all said and done, I mean, I've been doing this since February, eating uh, about 2.5 pounds of beef every day, uh, one meal a day. OMAD, as they call it. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I'm about. O- o- OMAD, is that? OMAD? One meal a day. One meal a day, okay. Yeah. And uh, WOE is another acronym that you'll find, which is Way of Eating, W O E. And uh, oh. the community's got its own little uh, vernacular that you kind of yeah. have to learn before stuff starts making sense. But it's been absolutely fantastic. Um, I used to get a sinus infection every couple months. Haven't gotten one since I started. It does feel like one tries to happen. Um, there'll be just a slight feeling in my sinuses, but there'll be no drainage. Uh, there'll be no stuffiness. 
And so um, I plan to eat like this the rest of my life, honestly. I mean, yeah. one big meal of beef every day and going about my way. Are you having anything else? Uh, like, are there any other attributes you've noticed? Like mental clarity, you know, you talked about health, you lost a little weight. I mean, you look healthy to me, but, you know, it's like, is there anything else that you notice specifically? Um, I do a lot of body weight training, like one-handed push-ups and whatnot. And definitely an increase in how quickly I gain strength and muscle. Okay. Um, after every three or four workouts, I know for certain that I'm going to be able to do more reps at the same level of intensity. And used to, it'd probably be like three weeks before I would have a jump in strength or if I would turn three reps into five. But since I started eating uh, nothing but beef, it's after one week. I mean, three workouts, and I know that I'm going to be able to get an extra rep in there. And part of it is probably mental because I'm looking for that. But the the recovery that I've experienced on this has been absolutely fantastic. Um, used to, about every two months, I would wind up feeling in my shoulders and my elbows that I would have to take about a week off to let that fully heal up. But yeah. since I started eating all beef, um, and granted, eating one meal a day is probably helping with that as well because um, I'm very fasted whenever I go to bed at night. And so uh, I eat about one or two in the afternoon. And so I'm very much in a fasted state when I lay down to go to sleep. And so my human growth hormone uh, should be a lot more than it normally is eating that way and then uh, going to bed that far after eating. Yeah. So I wanted to clarify something. We had had some conversation prior to this. Um, are you fasting in addition? Uh, the gentleman with the snake diet, whose name I cannot recall. Mr. Cole Robinson. And yeah, this is uh, a <laughs> this is snake juice in here. And yeah. I start every week with a 48-hour fast. I did do okay. 72s until I went from 170 down to 160. And that happened uh, in about three weeks. Yeah. And so... Once you get so lean, it's very hard to go to sleep that second night when you try to do a 72-hour fast. And so 48 is about the best I can do now. Um, I can push it further, but I, I can't push it to where I go to sleep that second night after not eating because you just, you're not twitchy. Mm -hmm. You lay there and you're completely still, but you, you feel like you have this like low surge of energy that's just constant and it, it just won't let you wind down and go unconscious. And so you're not rolling around. I mean, you'll lay there in the same spot for like 30 minutes. So it's yeah. not like a nervous energy, but it's like, you're just, you're just on a level that you can't quite drop down from and go unconscious. But, um, I start every week with a 48 hour snake juice fast. So, uh, electrolyte water, basically sodium, potassium, magnesium, and um, that's honestly one of the most addictive aspects of this whole deal because around the 30 to 34 hour mark, yeah. um, 
it's almost like taking an upper and a downer together. You get like mental sharpness of caffeine, but with the potent relaxation of possibly a cannabinoid. Interesting. When I had conversation with you, I discussed, I haven't done this specifically, like I'm interested in this, I'm going to do more research. I had done the master cleanse previously. This has been years ago. You can find those videos on my YouTube channel. I'd go 10 days without mm -hmm. solid food. I was just drinking the lemonade from the lemonade diet. And after 10 days, I didn't want to start eating again. And I got very like, okay, you do not know nutrition. You do not know what this does to your body. It yeah. is not normal not to eat solid food for 10 days and then not feel hungry. Like I don't, I don't have any frame of reference for that. So I responded very well to the master cleanse, but the thing that I still noticed, even though my sinuses cleared up uh, amazingly, uh, amazing mental clarity, um, um, I could mostly still work on it as long as I wasn't heavily exerting myself. The problem I had was my joints still ached. And this has been an ongoing issue for probably 20 plus years. Even the old war wounds I have from like the whiplash that led me in a massage, you know, a bum shoulder that I've kind of injured from overworking it at a FedEx plant when I was in massage school, an old hip thing, they would just ache. Like I feel like I'm turning into my grandma where my grandma was like a damn <laughs> pressure gauge when like she's like, oh, baby, a storm's coming. She could like feel it in her joints. Yeah. So I'd gotten um, used to that. And then you um, in the conversation I had with you were talking about uh, the snake diet and the fact that you thought it might be a good idea to try it to see if my body responded differently. And you thought it was actually insulin. Um, it basically, because um, the, the tea, the, um, the, uh, the master cleanse, the lemonade diet, you were like, yeah, the, the lemonade's still spiking sugars and it's spiking insulin. We'll take a quick five-minute break. Hey, y'all, this is Trent Knox again coming in to do a real quick ad read. Uh, we're currently doing a holiday sale for Robert Gardner Wellness's digital products. That's the workbooks, the videos, and uh, mostly the intro, the phase one, phase two, complete tie uh, collected workbooks. And you can get access to that for 20% off. Go to bit.ly slash rgw holiday sale all one word rgw holiday sale get you 20 percent off before the holiday and the new year all right robert if you're enjoying this episode and you would like to support robert gardner wellness head on over to rgwellness.store to see all of the products that we currently have in our marketplace uh, as well as earlier mentioned, there was the free, first month free, uh, the ins Insiders Club, Reboot Insiders Club. There's also workbooks, uh, DVDs, digital copies, digital downloads. There's a bunch of different things um, inside of the RG Wellness store. I highly recommend you go on over there and check it out. See if there's something that will help you improve your practice and increase your clients or or knowledge with your students. And uh, once again, that's rgwellness.store. Thank you for listening to this episode.
So I'm here again with uh, Chad Bolding. My name is Robert Gardner with the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. Chad Bolding is a massage therapist and educator extraordinaire living in Arkansas. We're great friends and colleagues. And I brought Chad on. We talked a little bit about Thai massage in the beginning, and now we're talking about carnivore diet and some elements of maybe along the lines of nutrition. Um, Chad, I am a member of, is it the World Carnivore Tribe on Facebook? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I follow their posts, and um, a friend um, that I talked to about this was like, that's crap. Don't, don't listen. You're going to die. It's horrible. You got to have fruits and vegetables. And, you know? <laughs> and I posted a link they had sent me. And the people in the World Carnivore Tribe just ripped it apart and said, that's baloney. <laughs> it doesn't have anything was to do it, with anything. Was it the one I read? Uh, probably I commented so. On? Yeah, you, you, you did comment on it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I understand this is the way you have to word things. But people will completely tear it apart. But they'll start using words might, may, could, possibly. And they won't say this diet is going to kill you. It could lead to this. It might lead to that. Um, I had an article pop up in my timeline, and it wasn't even uh, carnivore, I don't think. I think it was keto. But it said the title of the article, and this was a reputable news source, said leading uh, cardiologist says no one should do keto. Now, I don't promote keto i don't think the i don't necessarily think it's bad but i definitely don't think it's optimum and so that's what this title says leading cardiologist says no one should do keto i clicked on it that was what he said the next words were because there's not enough data so they took that phrase and said leading cardiologist you know anybody that read that article was like oh well that settles it. You know, some heart guy says we shouldn't be doing it, but the full sentence was because there's not enough data. The same way with the all meat diet, unless you consider the indigenous tribes that have been eating this way for hundreds of years, if they are considered data, then we do have some. But if you're looking for American studies on it, uh, you don't have any. They don't have yeah. anybody that got brought in said, you're going to eat nothing but meat for a year, and we're going to measure your blood. We're going to do all that. But you do have people in the community who are doing this. Uh, yeah. Sean Baker has been on it for, I think, three years, and he recently posted a YouTube video where he went through his blood workup and through his heart scans. And he looked at his triglycerides. Uh, he looked at his inflammatory markers, um, the whole nine yards. And it was absolutely pristine. And so you do have people taking it upon themselves to be their, their own guinea pig. But as far as yeah. like, um, you know, as far as Kellogg's or Coca-Cola paying millions of dollars to rent lab equipment and pay scientists and pay, or pay uh, subjects and all that, uh, nobody has done that thus far. But uh, word on the carnivore street is there is a university about to conduct it, um, I think, towards the end of this year in December. It might be early next year. I'm not certain, but it's coming up to where a, a major university is going to be looking at nothing but meat, not you know somebody that eats 
a McDonald's burger five times a week and fries and Coke, but strictly meat. And so it's, uh, it's fixing to be studied and, you know, it's probably going to put a dent in a lot of people's pockets if it becomes increasingly popular. Mm. You know, you think about all the foods that have carbs in them and this is a zero carb diet. Um, you know, yeah, it's, it's pretty fundamentally, I mean, a shift. When we talk about it, we're just kind of, you know, exploring our own experience. One of the things I liked about having the conversation with you was I could tell you weren't like religious about it. Like you didn't care if other people ate how they wanted to eat, but you're like, yeah. hey, this seems to work for me. And what I found was I um, started tweaking my diet. And I grew up in South Louisiana. Cornbread, red beans, and rice is like gumbo, you know, roux is like just a part of the culture I grew up with. You know, you're looking at you're looking at the food pyramid and it's like 12 servings of <laughs> cereals, grains, you know. And then yeah. I'm like, dude, like meat, you know. And what I thought about was there are mornings where I'd have coffee and um, two, two or three hours later, so I'd have coffee at like 11, I get up late, uh, 10, 11 o'clock, and then I would eat at like one, and I would eat a pound of breakfast sausage that comes from a local farm, by the way, uh, pork, and I would feel great for like three or four hours, um, four or five hours, like completely satiated, completely awesome. When I would tell people I was doing that, they're like, that's disgusting. That is so gross. That is just so much meat, and I'm like, Oh, um, well, I don't know. I, I kind of feel good on it. Like, you know, I, I don't know. So what happened was about two weeks ago, right around the time I had called you, I think, um, I had slowly kind of just tweaked my diet that direction. And I got to a point for about five days that I didn't have anything except really except meat and like fizzy water and maybe some, some sugar in my coffee in the morning with some cream. And for some reason, I got to a point for about three days where I was like, man, my joints don't ache. Like, my joints, like, feel kind of nice. Like, I don't ever feel this nice unless I take naproxen. And it lasted for about three days until I was leaving Austin. There was a major uh, barometric pressure change. I was flying out of town, and a storm rolled in, and I felt kind of achy. But for the most part, I've mostly maintained eating that way. Today I had a bunch of vegetables because I made vegetarian food for the students. But the main thing I've noticed is like, I just don't ache as much. And I've been talking to my mother who every time I talk to her, it's like, oh baby, my arthritis. And I'm like, mom, you have to do this. You have to, you have to at least try this and see what happens. Because my mother's even diabetic, and I've been like, Mom, I'm telling you, I want you to try this and see what happens, you know, to your body. Like, is it – and I don't know. I'm asking a question. Does it reduce inflammation? And, like, when I was doing the lemonade diet, was it, like, spiking sugar levels and, like, insulin? So everything else was good, but my joints still ached because I've never – in 20 years, I don't remember a time when I felt this good just being on air. Well, something that I don't think has been looked into enough, the joints are a little more important than they've been made out to be when it comes to strength. And strength and pain don't really go together. Like, pain depletes you of your strength. But at the same time, you, you wouldn't look at somebody 
who says, man, my knees, they feel so strong. They feel so powerful, but they hurt. Nobody would say that. Like, it's either one or the other. Either it's weak and it hurts, or it's strong and it's pain-free. And if you look at, like, the Bible or anything written in the B.C. area, that's the way they looked at the body very differently because it wasn't a bunch of, and I don't mean this to be offensive, but like it wasn't a bunch of eggheads who couldn't lift a weight, but they're looking at paper and they're looking at scientific figures. They were forced to look at the body and say, this person is capable. Why are they capable? This person acts this way full of strength and vigor. What is different about them than this person over here that doesn't? And that's where you find, like, in the Bible, they refer to it as countenance. Like, um, they talk about somebody have a countenance like a cedar, meaning it's tall and it's straight. And they noticed people that have that countenance, it's written on their face, it's written on their spine, they're capable. They don't get tired as much, whereas the guy that's all hunched over and his face is drooping, well, it looks like he doesn't have the energy to do anything. And so they they were forced to look at things very practically because they didn't have a bunch of scientific equipment to look deeper into things than the surface. And so when it comes to the joints, that's something that they really, the, the marrow in the joint was something that they put a lot of focus on because they knew that if your joints were healthy and flexible and full of vigor, that your body was as well. And so dieting differently uh, as far as affecting the joints and affecting inflammation, um, I think a lot of that has to do with the mental clarity as well. When you're walking around and you're, you feel lighter on your feet because your ankles feel good, your knees feel good, your hips feel good, you're going to be more likely to have a, a task set before you and go, ah, I got plenty of energy to deal with this. As opposed to, you know, you got to take out the trash, you got to go pick up the kids, whatever. If you don't feel good in your joints, you're going to be like, oh my goodness, I got so much to do today. I got to take out the trash all the way to the road. And it'll affect you mentally as far as how vigorous your joints feel. And so as far as the inflammation goes in the joints, um, like you mentioned, I'm not real religious about this diet. Uh, I have seen people go low carb eating medium to small amounts of meat, large amounts of low carb vegetables, and still saying that their joint pain went away and that every time they cheat and eat a donut or something like that, they get their joint pain back. And so I, I've seen too many people that it's not the meat. It's It seems to be going low carb or bare minimum no refined over processed carbs maybe mm. carbs from like you know a sweet potato or something like that but as far as cereal and, and processed things of that nature when they get away from that stuff and strictly go to low carb veggies with a little bit of meat they seem to experience a a lack of joint pain and it seems to come yeah. back like that as soon as they falter on that way of eating so i and, wish i could say I'm, it was all I'm, meat. I'm, 
I'm, I'm at the very beginning of exploring. I don't exactly know. I ate some vegetables today because of you know what we had for for lunch. I'm, I'm still sort of exploring the the edges, figuring out what works for me. I do know that um, I also noticed almost immediately. I was like, I'm not as gassy. Like my digestion seems like very calm. Um, yeah. I've had no real issues with digestion or like upset stomach or anything. But um, on both ends, just kind of gassy generally. And I literally, I laughed because I was in bed one night, um, maybe three to five days in, where my joints felt kind of great. And I broke wind and then realized, oh my God, I don't think I've done that in like four or five days. Like my digestion, I don't feel bloated. Um, I feel less um, bloat. I don't feel... My blood sugar spike and drop um, from eating. I started to notice that there was more of a gap between meals, like you talked about. At the more I was going towards a higher meat intake diet, like meat and eggs and some butter. Um, I don't really know how far it goes, but I know that typically I'm like a three on a pain scale. Tens hospital, zero is no pain. On a daily basis, I'm at a three. People would ask me why I'm so grumpy and ornery, and I'm like, I'm in chronic pain, bro. Like, I, you know, I had, I had injuries as well, but the funny thing was is there's some of it that feels systemic, like in all my joints. And then it was like – it felt like my body was attacking the old injury sites. But even that, I dropped to like ugh, a one. And when I dropped to a one, sometimes it was like there was no pain, and I'm like – I'm like, wow, just from my diet? Like, I, I'm i confused. I mean, honestly, I, I don't know what to think about it. I'm talking to people, and I have to be careful who I mention it to because I'm even getting people who are starting to get mildly frustrated. They're like, Robert, that's not healthy. You can't do that. And I'm like, uh, but I feel great. And they're like, Robert, you can't do <laughs> Quick yeah, five I mean, minute I break. Have... Quick five-minute break. Hey, y'all, this is Trent Knox again, just coming in for a real quick ad read. Just wanted to let you guys know that RGW Robert Gardner Wellness is currently running a holiday sale, 20% off all digital products. That's our workbooks and our videos uh, delivered directly to you. You can go to bit.ly slash RGW holiday sale. It'll take you directly to the site. Or you can obviously go directly to the site or to Facebook, go to the digital section, and uh, make your purchase today. It's the holiday sale, 20% off all digital products. Back to you, Robert. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you're interested in practicing or learning from Robert Gardner in person, head on over to rgwellness.store. There are a variety of classes listed for the Q4 of 2019. Let's take a look at what we've got. We've got Chicago, Illinois on October 6th. Houston, Texas on October 18th. Christiansburg, Virginia, October 12th. Round Rock, Texas, November 3rd. Yelm, Washington, October 26th. Round Rock, Texas, October 21st. Dallas, Texas, March 29th. And Virginia Beach, Virginia, September 22nd. Check that out. If any of those dates work for you, those are the intro tie classes as well as the Body Workers Conference uh, available to you all through the rgwellness.store. Head on over there and check it out. Thank you.
So it's Robert Gardner. Again, I'm with Chad Boulding, massage therapist extraordinaire uh, in Conway, Arkansas, I believe. Uh, Chad, can you give them information about where they can find you? Also, do you have a website, Chad, specifically? Uh, I do not have a website. I okay. have Total Rejuvenation Studies Facebook, YouTube as well, same name, and Chad underscore Boulding underscore TRT on Instagram. Nice. So, Chad, what were you going to say before we went to break? Um, I don't remember. Well, I was talking about um, inflammation oh, bloating. and also bloating. Yeah. Yeah. So the first time that I noticed a difference with that, it had been happening, but I didn't really notice what was happening until I went to have dinner with a friend. He ordered a sandwich and either some french fries or some chips. I don't remember what the side was. The place we went to had a one pound hamburger. I ordered two of them without the buns. And so the whole kitchen staff like comes out to see who ordered this massive stack of patties. And they sat there and talked to me while I ate it. So I ate uh, two pounds of hamburger patty. And... Um, <laughs> We come back to my house, and we were supposed to hang out, but he looks at me, and he's like, I, I just need to take a 30-minute nap, bro. Like, j just give me 30 minutes to just conk out. And it was in that moment that I realized I'd only been on the diet for like a week and a half at that point. I had just started it. But it's at that moment that I realized I felt completely full i mean i felt completely satated totally but there was no drowsiness there was no bloatedness and within 30 minutes i didn't feel as full anymore as far as like the pressure of the food in my gut i still felt i still felt a lack of hunger but within 30 minutes it felt like the meat had been digested enough that I no longer felt the weight of the two pounds of beef in my stomach. And I know for a fact that I have felt half that full and eyes just rolling in my head from drowsiness, from blood sugar being spiked uh, to just feeling that weight of food in your gut. And I looked just like my buddy. I, I needed a nap all those times. And all he had was a sandwich. Now, I want to say some French fries. But that was enough carbs right there to make him need a nap when he got plenty of sleep the night before. And it was only, um, it was exactly noon when we ate. And he didn't get up till probably 7.30 in the morning. So he's, he's barely been up four and a half hours. And he's already needing to conk back out because of what he ate. And that's just, uh, that sort of inefficiency only works in modern society. If humans were still living out in the elements, you can't pull that. You can't get up when there's like predators around and have a meal and be like, all right, guys, just, just, I'll be over here. I'm going to make some brush together and I'm just going to lay down for a bit. Guard me while I sleep, please. And so it's just completely inefficient, and people are doing that to themselves every day. You know, you hear them talking about the 
2 p.m. burnout or, or whatever they call it? Well, that's because they're eating at noon. And when 2 p.m. comes around, they're not feeling fueled up and ready. They're like, man, when's 5 o'clock get here? I, I'm just plumb more out. And it's like, man, you just started your day. Like, you, you just started a couple hours ago, and you've already got yourself into an inefficient state. And it's just the norm, so nobody thinks about it. Uh, the most important thing I think of, the thing that comes to mind, is Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. And they always say, oh, it's the tryptophan. The tryptophan and the turkey makes you tired. And I'm like, hmm. I'm starting to think it's the mashed potatoes and the bread. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you it, what. It's, yeah. I will figure that out because this will be my first Thanksgiving on this diet. I just started this year, and I will figure that out for you. I will eat. <laughs> I will go off my all beef, and I will down a ton of turkey, and I'll see how it affects me. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's th- again, I'm a body worker. I know musculoskeletal anatomy, and yeah. I've used yoga, and I've used massage to try to mitigate my pain. Um, to like maintain my mobility and health. And I've done, you know, quite well for somebody who had an accident, but I'm still all the time. I was like at a three and it's dropped down. Like right now I might maybe at a two, but I did have a bunch of vegetables earlier. So I don't, I don't really know what my body's responding to. I'm intensely confused by the whole thing. I'm, I'm watching the carnivore group, the world carnivore tribe on Facebook. And it's like, Hey, who has, who has autoimmune disorders? And they're like, oh, yeah, I got this and this, but I'm not on medication anymore. I'm, I, I've alleviated it eating this way. And yeah. I'm like, whoa, man, what is going on? Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't have any frame of reference for this. And frankly, I'm not a nutritionist. Um, everyone I'm talking to, and I have to be careful who I talk to about it, they're getting, they almost get angry. Like they, it's a thing where like when I was a vegetarian, people would get angry, like you're attacking how they eat. And I'm like, relax, I'm just exploring. Well, now I'm exploring in a completely different way. And I'm like, I think I need to go hunting. (laughs) I'm eating, I'm eating more meat. I need to go (laughs) kill some animals so I can eat this way more affordably. But I do know that just the reduction in my pain in my joints, which I assume is related to the way I've been eating, I'm really anxious to continue exploring and see does it improve even more. There was a point on that third day where I felt like there were little people in my joints scrubbing stuff out. I felt like there were damn barnacles being like stripped off. And I'm like, oh, man, that feels nice. I move around, don't hurt. (laughs) I know what you mean. From my experience and... Some of the carnivore people would probably agree with me, but I think other ones probably wouldn't. Number one, and and I have tested this because um, I had a stomach issue, and that was kind of the reason I started carnivore, was I was going to go to the doctor and get checked out. But I was going to give the carnivore a try first because I was having indigestion and things like that. And um, I've never had issues like that. But they, they came upon me after I drank a keto shake that seems to have uh, – it did something to my gut when supposed to. And it lingered for quite a while. So I was going to go carnivore. And that's what was going to be my determining factor is if it fixed it, I wouldn't go to the doctor. Well – Within a, about two weeks of being 
full carnivore, the problem, if, if it was at 100%, it went down to 20 So there was just this ling- little bitty linger of indigestion that I was getting, but nothing compared to when I was eating regular food. And what finally made it go away was the first 72-hour snake juice fast that I did. And so that let me know that if somebody asked me, which one would I pick? Doing a 72-hour fast or going full carnivore? From my experience, I would say if you're going to pick one of those, doing a 72-hour fast once a week, in my experience, is more healing than going full carnivore. Mm -hmm. But... I did read an article the other day that seems to make sense. They said that eating an all-meat diet puts your body into a fasted sort of state from not getting uh, any carbohydrates coming in. And so this this article seemed to indicate you're not getting the full-blown benefits of fasting, but you are making your body go, we're not getting carbs Let's go into a moderate fasting mode. And so the joint pain and things like that, I haven't heard anybody talk about doing a 72-hour fast and not having amazing results when it comes to aches and pains. I'm not talking about just a little bit. I'm talking about by that third day, they feel like they're in a different and new and better body. And honestly, from my experience with it, I only had one teeny tiny problem to gauge off of it. But just the way I felt, I could, I would almost guarantee that if I did have some chronic injury that was very bad, you feel like your body is warm on the inside yeah. during the third the day. Warm, the warm in the joints was the thing. It's like, I, I in other words, if you've done it, if you've had it for 20 years, it's, you don't have a baseline. It's just, it's always like this. Yeah. And then when it lifted and I'm like, my joints feel like warm and like kind of pliable. Yeah. yeah. That, that is severely amplified, um, during a 72 hour fast. I mean, it's, um, like I, I haven't seen anything that I wouldn't try fasting. Um, I was, hoping to find somebody that got the flu this year to see if I could talk them into doing a 72-hour fast to see what would happen. <laughs> I mean, uh, there, it, it, sounds, it sounds crazy, but at this stage, I'm like, hey, listen, if you, if you make my pain go away, th- that's my bread and butter. I work on people in chronic pain. I'm trying to help them with pain. I can't give them nutrition advice. But, you know, I've, I've used my social media to, like, explore diet and food. I take pictures of food I make. And um, just getting to this point, it was like, man, when you took my pain level from a three to a one, I was like, dude, that's, I mean, it's like I can live at a three, but I'm annoyed. But if you bring me down to a one or a zero, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got that old, that thing a little bit. But it's just not even hardly enough to notice. Yeah. Um, reducing people's pain through diet you know, it's such a new concept to me. I'm going to have to do more research. When you talk about the fast, is that primarily like what you're talking about? Is like the snake diet with uh, what's his name again? Yes, uh, Cole Robinson. Cole um, Robinson. Yeah, his uh, 
I tell people and they don't believe this until they try it, but I used to do 24-hour fasts a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. That is harder to do if you're only drinking fresh water. That is harder to do than a 72-hour fast drinking snake juice. Getting salt, potassium, and magnesium, getting a day's worth in your system completely changes how you're reacting to not having food. Like I have played aggressive games of tennis and volleyball past the 48-hour mark. I never could have did uh, could have done that during a 24-hour fresh water fast. You just you feel lethargic. I mean, you just um, your your brain's not even working right. Like you can feel the lack of electrolytes and the lack of energy. And it's just rough. But drinking that snake juice, um, even at the 72-hour mark, um, I played tennis. I posted a video of me doing one-handed push-ups. Like you, the only thing you feel is your core feels tight. You feel thin. You feel light. You feel tight. Like if you think about feeling bloated and how that sucks the energy out of you, imagine yeah. what the opposite of bloated feels like. Imagine your tummy is naturally pulling in instead of pushing out, you feel energized all day. And I've been meaning to look into if that has anything to do with the vagus nerve. Because when you're bloated and you're, you're, don't know. Don't know. you're letting your tummy push out, um, I don't know what that does as far as pushing on the vagus nerve, but you're doing the opposite when you're fast. You're pulling in. And it, and it feels like a very sensitive uh, part of your body is uh, in a lot better shape than it normally is whenever you're fasting, as far as that area down there. More aligned. So, Ch- Chad, listen, I want to have you again on the podcast. Uh, maybe we can talk about the vagus nerve to kick off a new one. Uh, we've run out of time for this evening, but uh, I appreciate you so much coming on and giving a little bit sure. of information about, one, the snake diet and the carnivore diet. Again, um, the folks that we've mentioned, you can look up. I really recommend that you explore just do some research, you guys at home watching this. And I'm interested to do more research on my own to try to figure out what's going to make me feel better. Uh, Chad, thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, one last time, can you tell them where they can contact you? Total Rejuvenation Studies on Facebook and on YouTube. And then Chad underscore bolding underscore TRT on Instagram. Nice. So, Chad, thank you again, and I will talk to you soon. Hopefully, we can do another podcast. I'd like to kick off another, uh, potentially talking about the vagus nerve and then going into some of the abdominal work that I do. Um, Have you had much experience with abdominal massage at all? Um, One of the biggest focuses uh, in my work, um, again, uh, biblical stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah, then that'll be a good, I I didn't know, so that'll be a good topic to address in the future. Listen, thank you so much, and I'll talk to you again soon. All right, for sure. Peace out, my man. Bye, later. Hey, y'all, this is Trent Knox again. I just want to come in and uh, finish off this podcast by saying thank you very much for tuning in. If you were able to watch the live feed, we appreciate you for uh, sticking around. I just wanted to say again that RG Wellness is currently doing a holiday sale for those of you who are interested in getting the workbooks, the videos, getting some training. Uh, We're doing 20% off all digital workbooks and videos. 
head over to bit.ly slash rgw holiday sale or you can go directly to the website uh and go to the digital products you'll see the holiday sale there also if you're enjoying this podcast and you really want to help out and support you can go to anchor.fm slash rg wellness slash support and uh for as little as a dollar a month you can help continue producing this podcast and last but not least, of course, we have currently have a 30-day free trial going on for the Reboot Insiders Club. Uh, you can go to rgwellness.store slash free trial to take advantage of that 30-day free trial. Once again, thank you guys for tuning in, and we will catch you on the next